hello and welcome to the very first, the inaugural recording of the many terrible decisions of Carrie fucking Bradshaw. Carrie fucking Bradshaw. Starring your two hosts with the mostesses, <laughs> your local lady lawyer, Sophie, and the true lyricist and MC in the family here, <laughs> Mr. Bryce, a.k.a. LSB. Howdy, folks. Ooh, okay. Deepening it. I like it. That's for the ladies out there. <laughs> Getting a little taste of that. So we're, you know, we're discussing the first episode of Sex in the City, season one, episode one, the aptly named Sex in the City. Um, and I'll be honest, I was a little worried. I was like, I don't know if this, um, I'm going to have enough to talk about this first episode. Oh, gonna... God, fret not. They've, <laughs> they've given you plenty to work with here. I... There's uh, no shortage. <laughs> of, I mean, glaring red flags, I think. Now, obviously, um, we can't count every bad decision Carrie Bradshaw makes because like, we'd get into like infinity. Um, only Thanos could <laughs> really ascertain the sheer number. So I've chosen to go by the major bad decisions in this episode, which I count too. Okay, all right. Um, Tell me your first. Well, obviously the first of her bad decisions uh, is going to be First of all, I'll give her credit where, where she's doing. Well, I was going to say, why don't we save, we can save a good decision for the end. Each time, each episode, we could end on a good decision of Carrie Bradshaw's. Because um, I, I did see one. I have a good one in mind, um, but I want to save it. Okay. Because I, so, I want to hear your takes on the what's bad, you know? So first bad decision is she decides to fucking fuck the fake Brad Pitt ass. <laughs> like, who is this guy? <laughs> Like, he's like a poor man's, like, Brad Pitt. Bro, what was his name? Even his name was, like, out of control. It was, like, Clint or Trent or some shit. Some I shit wrote it like down. That. And, me... like, as soon as I see this guy, I'm like, okay, this guy don't eat pussy. He's not an ally. Okay. But I was proven wrong. Kurt, yeah, his name was Kurt. Yeah, was I was proven like... wrong because we do see Kurt come out from under the covers. And I'm um, okay for that. Yeah. And then she left him high and dry. Which, I'm sorry, just organically leads us to her only good decision, yeah. which was, like, running Play. on that guy. Okay, yeah, and I'll tell you, there is no greater joy in a woman's life, I, and I speak truly from the bottom of my spirit and soul here, than to have a guy go down on you and be like, LOL, dog, we done. I, because it's truly, I mean, as a I woman, think it's karma. Well, here's the thing: yeah. as a woman, uh, and you know, we, are, uh, as women, we're very familiar with the feeling of being left unsatisfied. Um, you know, you have these these interactions, and you're you, then it's done for him, and you're like, cool. I'm okay that you, you know, you finished early, that you came quick. That's you know, that's it your happens. lifestyle choice. I got fish to catch. But here's the thing: I'm sitting right here, dog. I came all, the, I put these fucking high heels on. I put these street walkers on. You matched your underwear and your bra. I put a fucking. That's effort. That is truly an effort. And I like didn't fart in front of you probably. So like, could you just, Probably. I mean. Probably. Did we have Mexican? I, I mean, here's I. the thing. Or I mean, I let it out quietly. I'm a fucking lady. But it's like, could you just get me back? And so I did, I really did feel Carrie in that moment. And I was like, this is, because here's the thing. There is something there, you know, we, I don't want to forget that this is four women single in their thirties for the first time in television history. Is it really though? Tell me, I'm, I'm open to that. I have a working theory that the, what we're really seeing in the show is indoctrination. Okay. Ooh, 
whoa, this, whoa. This is a man's Shots view. fired. This Burr. is... Like, listen. where are the sound effects? Pop, <laughs> pop. Bryce. This is clearly a man's view of yeah. what he wishes women were like. Damn it, baby, guess let me again because I was out <laughs> here trying to support it. I was like, maybe there's a way for Carrie to hang on to something because, but you know what? Maybe you're right. I mean, the moments when we do see Carrie shining through, um, it, it's when she plays the game like a man, and then she gets that egg. I mean, that pie gets shoved into her face by the end of the episode. Real quick, real quick. And that was so, very jarring because so that's her moment, you the, know. The and they real took truth it from her. Is that uh, what's the writer's name? Michael Patrick. Michael Patrick King. Yeah. He's a fucking incel. I think he was the first incel, and <laughs> it shows in the first episode. You know? I hear that. We see several times in the episode where men feel like they're entitled. Uh, to yeah. sexual gratification. Yes. You know? Um, and I feel like we get, we're, maybe we got ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, let's Maybe there up. are a few people who yeah. aren't familiar with the show and don't know the cast of characters involved. Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, we should. I mean, we dove right in. We are hot. These are hot it. takes. So I'll loop back around because yeah. what, what that brings me to is the situation with Charlotte. Okay. Tell me, do we want to do we want to take a second? I mean, I feel like we could introduce the the players here. So, okay, okay. you know, we've got, you know, we've got Miranda. Obviously. I mean, and I'll say this: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit my biases. I've always been, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for Miranda. You know, I think that the, I've always idealized her. I like her gumption. I like that she's a working woman. That she's made her way. You know, and I do like that she was like a good, as a lawyer, a, a role model for me for a sexy, like successful woman lawyer. I will say that Miranda does evolve yeah. into a almost bearable character, <laughs> likable even. At times. Um, at times, Because yeah. she does pull some shenanigans. Early on, she doesn't present very well. Yeah. But also, I think she might be a closet racist, and she's kind of a gentrifier. I think, yeah, I, I will sign uh, off on both like, of those. I just agree. a little bit. No, you know? I, I think you're, I would think, especially on the gentrification tip, we see later in the series some exactly. serious, glaring comments but on again, Miranda's part. But again, we're putting the cart before the horse. Definitely. We've so, just met Mar Mar Miranda. So Miranda you know? is, you know, let's give her a little bit. She's she's our fiery redhead. She's got, a, oh, she's a rebel. She's got short hair. Unlike she the other, does. She's, wow. However, that's, when we meet her, she is still presenting, you know, the classic... Uh, patriarchal paradigms that older yeah. women are not to be valued. Like yes. she's got a real chip on her shoulder about that, rightfully so. Yeah. Yet she still, I feel like, is uh, contributing and participating in that culture. Oh, for sure. I mean, this you is know? a Harvard-educated lawyer who works at a, exactly. a medium-sized firm. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't sexual. value that enough. I think uh, her biggest crime is she doesn't value that enough. Yeah. You know, she thinks she's incomplete. Uh, but again, we're getting ahead of right. ourselves. So that's uh, Miranda. That's the woman we're meeting today. And then and then we're going to move over. I think Samantha's a nice step over. Listen, Samantha, again, Samantha is the realest, realest nigga in the room at any moment. <laughs> yeah. I Just mean, like she walks in. Samantha is the only real nigga in this whole fucking, like, situation but can i say this is something that um that i really i remember from and i'll i'll admit that i i watched the series as a young woman on dvds with my mom shout out to susan like definitely watched them and was like wrapped yeah um, I, I was wrapped too i was a but, young prepubescent boy and, uh, and these girls were talking about titties and these issues did not matter back then because well, because you were worried about a boob. Yeah. And I, I'll honor it. But what I will say about Samantha is, is that I remember this too when I rewatched it for the first time, because this is not my first rewatching. 
But I was really struck, and, and it struck me again this time to see how they treated Samantha early on. The, the writers really didn't know how to talk, how to have a woman who actually was sexually free. Because Samantha yeah. several times is painted as desperate and pathetic. And, and, it, and even in her face, at one point she's on the verge of tears in this episode because a man has told her she can't spend the night with him. Like, she didn't even ask for that, dog. True story. And you straight up just assumed I want to fucking lay here with you? True who story. Who said I was hooked on your dick? Who said that you had already digmatized me and you haven't even gone, uh, you haven't even played just the tip, sir? Sir? But that's the, I mean, like you said, we're seeing also, the very desperate. Also, speaking of that situation, can we discuss the fact that this very same dude had gone out with Charlotte, who we had not introduced yet earlier gonna, that night, Yeah. and then later picks up Samantha and smashes. Like, do y'all not text? Like, did Charlotte just leave with this guy and, like, not tell anybody nothing? Yeah. Like, was that not a thing? I, mean, I guess texting then, wasn't a thing back but then. But even still, I, I mean, guess you just got murdered on a blind that's, date. That's, I mean, I was going to hate to say it, but you it was know? kind of like how it went back then. It was like, well, this, that last thought it would be fine to go with that man. Yeah. She sure got what she deserved. And why am I putting in an old-timey voice? This is, like, still the norm today. <laughs> like, I should just be <laughs> using my normal, <laughs> my normal human voice. <laughs> but, you know, that segues a, in a great way to our next character, which is um, Charlotte. Charlotte. And can I say, I wrote down in my notes, who the fuck this Charlotte? New phone, who this? Because Charlotte, of all of the characters, you know, we're going to see an evolution in each of them, but Charlotte jumps out the gate with some hard-ass Cardi B money-making shit. She's like, play the game, get some shmoney, get married, like, let's do this, okay? Charlotte has the her eye on the motherfucking prize in these early episodes. And, like, even though that's not my trajectory or like my my goal i honor a girl i'm um, a woman who's hustling as hard as Sh Sh charlotte is she's coming at the game with some gumption and i like that about charlotte i still question her motives i agree and what her I mean, drives are because it still seems like her primary drive is get married have a husband you're right you know like she's chasing the fucking uh I white agree. picket fence for sure fucking, trust fun like dream. and we will see how that yeah. turns out for her but i do think i will say this and maybe i'm gonna always be kind of having that little white lady liberal hope in me that i'm like maybe there's something redeemable about them and i think that there might be in charlotte's case that like i do have to honor because here's the thing it's not my hustle but some women have that hustle and I'm not going to shut down a woman for making that's because maybe that's what she really wants, dog. You know, maybe that's she really fair. does want to be a wife and a mother. And we know that about Charlotte. I accept that hot take. And so I'm willing to give her because I, you know, I got to be a good feminist and say I can't just only be gunning for my girls in the careers. I got to support a woman. It, exactly. And mm -hmm. you know what? Here's the thing. I also think that, like, if that's your goal and those are the men you're chasing and you end up with one of them. You're gonna see. We're gonna. Charlotte's gonna have to learn that lesson. That lesson the hard way. And I think she does as this. Uh, you know, as this goes on. So I think we've introduced everyone except for our main girl here. I mean, obviously. Carrie, Carrie fucking Bradshaw. Bradshaw. I mean. <sighs> okay, let's. I just can't with this bitch. I'm sorry. I hate to use that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> I retract that. I am a feminist. You better not edit that out. But I do <laughs> because we can't with this bitch. I mean, okay. There is a moment, and, and I want to go through a few of these other mistakes, but one, the one I'm thinking about right now is when Carrie fucking Bradshaw sets her so-called friend, Scooter, 
up on a date with a woman who she knows will hate him. Um, that's the people's evidence uh, number one. Exit exhibit number exhibit one, a, Your Honor. Uh, first bad decision. That, first example of her being a terrible friend is she hooks Miranda up with fucking Skipper. And she said, "Oh, Skipper, okay. Skipper, Skipper, that's Skipper. it." Now, see, he's so fucking. I mean, I put a pin in Skipper because I have some shit to say about his nice guy fucking. Yeah, routine. fuck Skipper. But it's also if that's your fucking friend. And you know in your own brain that Miranda's going to hate him and she's going to be nasty to him because she's in a dark place right now about the feminist struggle. Bitch, maybe just don't. Maybe just don't. And it's like instead you're hurting Skippy or whatever. See, I'm fucking pulling a Miranda here. I can't remember that dude's fucking forgettable ass name. But it's like he's hurting because he's all fucked up in his like. We're just going to refer to him as the performative ally. Because that's fucking Skipper. Like it is. I'm a, he's the guy that wears a feminist fucking t-shirt. Meanwhile, you know, he's out here date raping girls. <laughs> yeah. Or feeling like his he ain't even date raping. Entitled. Entitled yeah. ass. I was nice. You owe this to me. Uh, Skippy, ain't nobody owe you shit. Uh, yeah, least of all yourself, me. Skipper. Least of all me. Okay. I don't owe you a goddamn thing. Go back to your fucking yacht. <laughs> Because um, you know he got a little trust fund. He ain't no yacht <laughs> trust fund size. But that little white dude can't be surviving in the city without a little he, bit of money from kayak. mommy and daddy. He got a he, kayak. He, he, bang, he got a fiberglass kayak. If, if <laughs> <laughs> That's some realness right there. Uh, and, and I think the next thing, the key component of Carrie Bradshaw... Um, you know, is illustrated in the very opening moments of the show. Um, and I think the one of the biggest, my biggest issues with Carrie is how just fucking detached from, like, actual reality she and almost everyone in the show is. They're yeah. insulated. Um, the, the series starts out with her talking about typical New Yorkers meeting up. Okay, now, first of all, that bitch a redcoat. Okay, she from England? That's a motherfucking red coat, okay? Th- that's what I'm saying. I feel like typical New Yorkers meet in the fucking subway, like trying to catch a cab, not at a fucking art opening. opening, and the other motherfucking don't make $2 million a year. That's not a typical New Yorker, dog. I mean, that that's Louis Vuitton suitcases? Ma'am. That's some fucking fairy tale You know what shit. I was thinking? There's nothing that- typical about that situation, unless you're fucking white, rich, and privileged. But I wanted to say, when I saw that opening scene, I was like, Remind me why I give a fuck about any of y'all. I don't. I don't care, dog. I don't care if you find happy. So what? This nigga ghosted you. So what? Yeah. I mean, straight, ma'am, it sounds like your life is literally a, a, a money-fueled dream. And you're over here worrying about some dude who ghosted on you. Ma'am? Ma'am? <laughs> I definitely felt that sense of like, in, I mean, that's the thing. Upon revisiting, we're seeing a real clear picture of the entitlement. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay. It's rampant. Wowie wow. Unb- unbridled. Unbridled. <laughs> unbridled. Okay. Um, and so, again, so yeah. t- touch tone, you know, characteristics of Carrie, yeah. out of touch, bad friend. Makes poor man decisions. Yeah. Which is exemplified in bad decision number two of the episode. Yes, tell okay? me. When she meets Lord <sighs> Fuckboy Supreme. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, let's talk about. It's a creepy fucking meetup. It's a terrible it, meet. It does. It does example. It does give an example of. I'll give her good decision 1.5, which is she chose the ultra-textured Reservoir Tip Trojans. I'll give her that. 
she had a bag of those. So, uh, you know, 0.5 on it. Yeah, You're right. It's like, it's just a purchase. You so. went for that for yourself and like, good and for, she had her own with supply. The with the silencer tip. And the like, silencer tip. Boom, yeah. Wait a minute. You can't shoot Whoa. the club up with the silencer tip. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am just going to need a moment with that, Bryce. <laughs> I'm hearing it. And I'm accepting it, but I'm just going to need a moment with that one. The silencer tip? Yeah. I can't. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to need a minute. But I hear, okay, so then they're on the street. I get it. And then it's, she drops them on the ground. And and you're right, it is a little bit on the creepy side. It's a creepy meetup. And it's not really... You know, I get it. It's like the, the the fact that they meet again is supposed to be a sort of kismet. That they've run into each other again in the big old city. And here they are in the same club. But let's talk about, for real, the savage treatment of Samantha Jones in that scene. Where she is portrayed as a desperate, clawing woman who relies on male approval to to feel anything. Let us not skip over Tell me. Big's introduction in this scene, which tells us everything that we ever need to know about him. He's introduced as the next Donald Trump. You're right. But more attractive, ostensibly. So I mean that's not saying much. You know, that tells us what what to expect from this guy. Of course he's a fucking human monster. You're right. I mean, this show is rampant with Donald Trump references. We're even going to see an episode, trigger warning for those of you listening, there is an episode in which Donald Trump appears. I will play a trigger warning before <laughs> that episode because to this day, I fast forward through that scene. Like, it's like, it's very triggering. It but, is. So, Carrie bumps into fuckboy again. Yes. Her friend tries to fuck him. He's rude to her. He is not exactly rude. He's, he's dismissive. At least, yeah, yeah. He treats her like a clawing slut. Like he's just like. Uh, he's very smart. You're about too. It. You are too easy for me. He's easy very prey. Smug about it, yeah. And he's very smug, as though, uh, you know. And here's the thing. It, and and then, it upholds the whole Madonna whore complex for sure. Like, because, because she wants the fuck. She's not worthy. Yeah. Like, fuck that. And this is not the first time Samantha's going to be punished for that. I think there are numerous times, especially early on. She's the punching bag of the show, and that's why I say she's the realest nigga in the room. Because she fucking gets the fucking short end of the stick. Yeah. Time and time again. It's forced to rise above and be better. Fuck that shit, y'all. Burn (laughs) that shit down. I hear it. I'm here for it. Uh, So, he disses her friend. Yes. They obviously don't talk about it. And somehow Carrie doesn't have a ride home. Like, what the fuck is that? Okay. Because she is... left with old boy, I guess. Leaves Carrie at the club. Then... Okay, this is this is mid late nineties New York City. I mean, this is this is homegirl is a tiny little white girl it was on the not street. Not a good time in New York. To City. just be like, hi, I'm ninety pounds and I'm wearing four hundred dollars shoes yeah. in this economy. I mean, and, and of what she's complaining about, because now she may have to walk home. And now. let's no, no, no. She doesn't just complain. She literally says it is a fate worse than death. Now it's I want to talk about the this. Bear, babe. It's I her across the bear. It's her across the bear. I want to bring Manolo's a, uncomfortable. <laughs> but I do want to say this because I think, as a person who's lived in New York, if you can walk home, if you are closer than a subway ride home, and you think it is a fate worse than death to walk there. 
You aren't living in New York. You're assuming Carrie Bradshaw is going to ride the subway. That's okay. That is another glaring she is issue. Never going to ride the How subway. How can you have a show about New York City Does and never show ever the, subway? Ride the subway? No, the I show. don't think so. I mean, I would love to have a like keen eye to that. Please. Exhibit read. B. We don't believe anyone rides the subway in this show. And that shows its further alienation. In, rather than an exhibit, Your Honor, I think we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna go ahead and present that to the jury. I think that's <laughs> gonna be a jury instruction. Jurors, please, as you're watching along with us, let me know. I mean, I'm racking my brain. Is there ever a moment where any of these hoes get on a fucking subway? It's like, how can you have a fucking? They might but, you ride know, a bus one episode. No, they do. No, no, she complains. Complains about riding okay, on the yeah, bus. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I oh, but she that. still don't yeah. even get on it. We yeah. don't see her step onto the bus in her Manolos. But all that being said, it's like that to me is actually a bigger issue because in New York right now, it is the New York City transit system is crumbling. Why? Because of the rich refuse to pay for it. They don't want the taxes on it. And it's like that's the world Carrie Bradshaw is living in, in a world where oh, they sure. do not depend on the subway. And it's like for, for sure. everyday New Yorkers, that is a critical issue. I mean, they're shutting down the L train. Sorry for those of you not in New York, but I mean, we're talking about a major transit system that millions of people depend on every day who are hardworking folks. And they refuse. And, and then it's like, well, how could they not live in New York and not use the subway? Carrie fucking Bradshaw is the reason why. Mm -hmm. You see that side of New York so clearly through her. How, <gasps> a fate worse than death to walk home. Bitch, are you kidding? Like, this is New York. All you do is motherfucking walk. Like, uh, no. uh, And because of those prejudices, she finds herself victim to predatory behavior yeah. from Fuckboy Supreme. Yeah. Who pulls up on her. In a car. And just commands and her to get into the car. Okay. Sir, I don't know you. Sir? Okay? I don't know you at all. I don't know you. We've, we have met in passing when you dissed my friend and straight up, like, what? Okay, y'all, I was once propositioned in New York while walking down the street by a man who asked me. He said, hey, girl, looks like you like snacks. And I was like, I do like snacks. And then he said, I got some Doritos in here. And I said, well, what kind are they, Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese? And he said, Nacho Cheese. And, and I, thank God, didn't get into the car with that man because I'm a Cool Ranch ho to the day I die. But that is a lesson I had to learn in New York. And <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw did not make the right choice. Don't get in the car of a strange man, even if he's ostensibly cute. If he offers you a ride... She hopped in that fucking car with a smile. And she didn't even get a snack out of it. And you know what she got rewarded with? He calls her a hooker. Uh, she Within gets rewarded with a minutes. lifetime of regret, as we will see Ultimately, throughout this series. yeah. But he does. He goes, literally, when she says, I'm a woman who explores her sexuality, and I'm a writer. So you're a hooker. You're right. So you're a hooker, Again, he Again, telling you exactly what to expect from Big. I mean, here's the thing. I think It's peak fuckboy behavior. It really is. And I think here's the thing. He mind fucks her. Yeah. He gaslights her. I mean, here's the thing. As young women, we hear that lesson loud and clear. Like, it is the romantic leads that we put up with until very recently and still do in numerous films. Like, hello, that movie where he wakes that woman up. Space Stalker. Yes, that yeah. movie where he like straight up wakes up a woman and is like, LOL, your entire future is destroyed. Now you have to love me and I read your secret file and this is a major motion picture. 
But that all being said, it's like this series shows those original lessons that we learned as young women. And, and now I think it is just, that's what this awakening is about. It's like women being like, this is what, this is the romantic lead. This is as far as I can strive and go. This Lord fuckboy. If Big was black, he would be like light skinned with like good hair. <laughs> And like a little gold chain and a do rag. Hey, you know, are you describing um, <laughs> my little boyfriend, um, G- G- Jadena? Jadena, are you describing Jadena? Bryce has a b- trigger warning for Bryce. Jadena is my, he's my fuckboy weakness. I'm sorry, you guys, ladies who are listening, just Google Jadena and just tell me that you're like. I know you are the Mr. Big of my life, but if you rolled up next to me, I don't know if I could resist. And this is why the patriarchy persists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bae, it's it's these early lessons. They done <laughs> fucked me. I can't fucking get straight anymore. Oh man, but Jadena, whoo, okay. Don't do not play that NPR Tiny Desk concert, ladies. Just uh, don't. That's what I'm saying do. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. It's definitely like these are the lessons we're learning early and well. It's like Carrie is making decisions and she's our ostensibly our heroine. And we don't talk about the ways in which Carrie is making these awful decisions until now. That's what's so visionary about this podcast. <laughs> I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, so to recap, um, you know, we've met our cast of characters. Yes. We, um, we've got who, Miranda, Charlotte, Samantha. Realist nigga breathing. Carrie fucking Bradshaw. Carrie fucking Bradshaw. And ostensibly, Mr. Big is is another big player, um, but put a pin in him. All of whom live in an imaginary New York where people don't take the subway and make $2 million a year and have Louis Vuitton luggage. Like the hard case ones. Like, yeah, the hard case And ones. ma'am, how are you going to carry that? Is who, what? She, she it, doesn't worry about such things. And let's be honest, the trunk is full. That's why she has those, tr- those luggage in the front. Also... Um, did we see any black people in this episode? I don't think so. I actually... I don't think I even saw a background black person. I, I was or wondering... Or there might have been some light-skinned Latinos. I don't know. We got I, I think that's a, a good thing. Certainly to... none of them spoke. <laughs> well, I, I agree with that. I think that should be something, you know, we should also keep an eye out for to see if we... I do know that there are a few people... Rarely we're going to be treated to a person of oh, color appearance. The infamous Blair Underwood uh, <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> so we're going to count bad decisions, um, times, black people. Well, I, I think we should extend it to people of color. And I don't. And don't worry, it yeah, won't raise the numbers people, much. Yeah, we, we won't we're going to get nowhere. maybe one. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a little, a little sauce, a little saison on top, but not much. <laughs> Um, and, and instances when she's a bad friend. Yeah, I yeah. do. And I think that there are, I, I had more. I, I feel like she really, my God, it is glaring. Her, she is not an ally. Uh, listen, I count two bad friend instances so, and two bad decisions so far. Exactly. And 1.5 good ones. Shout out to Reservoir Tips, Silencer. Don't shoot up the clubs. Don't shoot gentlemen. the club. Oh, Don't. Folks. Why? Not unless you're ready. Yo, I mean, if you're ready, <laughs> go deep and go wild. <laughs> so I think, is there anything else that you wanted to, or let me look at my notes. Oh, I just, I want to end the same way that this episode ends with a fucking freeze frame. <laughs> 
there's a freeze frame at the end where Carrie is just frozen as she confronts the city of New York. And that's because she's inanimate when she's not looked upon by the male gaze. That, <laughs> that's what that illustrates. Like, she simply ceases to exist when a white man is not viewing her. Yeah, bae, whoa. This is why I love you. <laughs> hey, it's a deep read. It's a deep cut. That's why you bought the tickets, yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's why you fucking clicked on that link, you know? <laughs> You didn't. You came here for the fucking spicy takes, and we got you. Yeah, we, we held it down. We got the Zatarans, hot sauce in my bag, all that shit. <laughs> all right, first one in the well, can. Thanks for listening, folks. Do you want to do one more?